Today, on the Terrible Warriors, return to Simbaroon. This is part three of our series, which at this point you should know to head back and listen from the start. But if you like living dangerously, well, enjoy the ride. We're happy you're here, no matter your comprehension of the plot. This episode includes content from the Promised Land adventure included in the core rulebook of Simbaroon. So, if you don't want to be spoiled on who is holding what secrets from whom... Well, consider this spoiler alert served. This campaign is made possible by listeners just like you who have decided to support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Listeners like Robert Amos, Patrick O'Shea, Joseph Outram, Benjamin Axelson, and Marco Zimmerman. By supporting us, you're supporting independent podcasters and storytellers, and you're helping to promote independent publishers, too, to bring their amazing games to new tables. Find out how you can become a supporter and receive advanced episodes of our Simbaroom campaign at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. And visit terriblewarriors.com for details on how you can win yourself a copy of this amazing game. Now... The sunstone is secured. The path through the mountain is all but clear. But a darkness is growing, and outside forces are moving in to threaten the safety of the caravan and everyone who travels with it. This is part three of Simbaroon, Shadows in the Mountain. A few days pass since the recovery of the Sunstone. Bartolom is kept under constant watch by caravan owner Argosto, and the wagons tread ever higher towards the peak of the Titans. It's getting colder, the trees thin along with the air, but on the other side of the peak is Ambria, warmth and life and hope so close now. We just have to push to the peak. The tree line is now behind us. In the afternoon, camp is made, and everyone must do their part to collect wood for the fire, not just to keep us warm, but to literally ward away the darkness that sweeps across the mountain peaks. Gathering supplies also gives us a chance to spend time with one another, to get to know each other, a little more. There is uh, enjoying the the snow on the ground, uh, picking a little bit up, um, and carefully keeping an eye on uh, the male and female Ambrian. Elendra is is crunching through snow very noisily and sort of like shaking trees a little and hoping sticks will fall through them. No trees. At this point high up in the mountain, it's all shrubs now and nothing above waste, right? It's lots more rocks Mm. and crags 
And if there are trees, I don't know if you've been up into the mountains uh, where the trees are kind of sticking into the rock. They're they, like they're rooted down. They're very small. Mm. They're very scraggly. We're above the tree line here, so there is there is places to get wood, but it's all like bushes and, and uh, tiny and small small plants and branches and stuff that have that have ended up here. Okay, Linda's shaking down bushes very noisily, very like haphazardly just for a yeah, swing full on things. animal crossing here trying to see what bells fall out yeah basically that oh, i can't believe we didn't bring more than this this seems so ridiculous look how small these things are i'm sure between all of us we will collect enough to make it through the night isn't that right fear yeah i mean most of us i think will make it if not i will bring your remains for your parents complete my duty and return to my family and clan. How comforting. <laughs> Set in motion the destruction of Ambria and its people. Baron, <laughs> I don't know how you can say things like that. That's... We're all gonna make it, right? It's not... Bartol has a son's stone, so you know, that's not so... Well, maybe Bartolome's life is in danger, but I'm sure we can get enough sticks. I'm just saying, maybe it'd be smarter if we planned. Anyway, it's fine. No, it's... I think the snow obscures the fact that this mountain is a graveyard. And we're standing upon the dead corpses of many of Ambrians in their foolish trek across the mountains. Up north to a land that's not theirs. Up against people who don't want them there. This is exactly how I imagined myself spending these months. Mal Rogan might not be the only dead marching across these mountains. Yeah. In their defense, what lies behind us is equally a graveyard. Yes. There are some which, uh, Ver, you would know this, that are referring to this era as the twilight of the world. So that might be, that might also be getting to you. <laughs> Baird, you're from you're from north of the mountains, though, right? Yes. Uh, yes. What's it like where you're from? I mean, it must be really. I bet it's really wonderful. I bet things are alive there. Have you any, you know, harvests that have died recently? No. We wow. have taken care of our land and respect the entities which we live in conjunction with. Taking care of is one way to phrase it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can say that's what happened to the estate. Are you going to get into a theological discussion, uh, Andrame, about how <laughs> the Church of Prios believes that allowing the wild to go unchecked... So to run wild is dangerous? ...is, is the source of corruption, and that it is humanity's responsibility to cultivate the land. He's trying really hard to be polite about it, but yep, there's a fundamental difference of beliefs here. <laughs> That's, um, an interesting way to look at this that. This is the most awkward Thanksgiving meal that people are having here around the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Shut up, uncle. <laughs> but Prius and laws. Yandermay, what are you planning to do once we get north? Are you going to go to another church again? But of course, I wish, wish to reconnect with my brothers and sisters in the church and help bring the light of Prios and civilization to Ambria. There's much to be done. But you'll still stay with me and our parents, right? Oh, oh, of course, sister. Oh. 
I want to make sure we're all settled and we're one happy family again. <laughs> yeah, and once the whole family takes the oath and joins the church, then the <laughs> four of you will be able to remain yeah. at like the chapter head uh, with the prior. Yeah. Baird, are you um, are you close to our parents? Do you know them very well? No, not much. My parents were closer. Oh, How, I, I'm not familiar with the story. How did they meet? She didn't ask that. Oh, uh, I hope just, it's not a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. No, it very much has everything to do with Thistlehold and your parents' uh, desire for treasures in Davokar. Right. Well, they are um, very inquisitive. I got it from them. <laughs> uh, well, you know, maybe you can spend some time with our family if you want when we're north. No, and- thanks. I think after this, um, I don't want to insult you, but if I never see your faces or an Ambrian face again, I, I'll be happy. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry our people have had that much of an effect on you. There are two barbarians here traveling with us that are the product of Ambrian meddling in our lands. And they seem like fine, upstanding fellows. I No, they are a travesty to behold. It's like looking at a pile of shit with two legs walking around. They have disavowed their honor and their people. And instead have found the light of civilization. It truly is wondrous. Civilization is a farce. It's talk like that that got us into this mess with the corruption that has seeped into the world. By letting it go so untamed for so long, no wonder Prios is dying. All I know is that our ways have kept us safe and secure in your ways have you fleeing from a war-torn land those ways defeated the dark lords who would be if we had not defeated them coming north of the mountains as we speak you know everything has its time Uh, the butterfly dies the mayfly dies maybe the Ambrians should have accepted their fate or maybe gone elsewhere. No, that is not our way. That seems incredibly sad. And, I mean, what is it to be alive if not to struggle for life? <laughs> well put, sister. Baird, I'm sorry you've had such a terrible experience with Ambrians, but I hope my brother and I can present you a different view. We made a really good team yesterday. Of that, I have... Yes, I can only agree. <laughs> Don't you, Baird? She's going to poke him with a stick. (laughs) Before Vaird can answer, you hear a sudden roaring off in the distance. And that roaring soon merged with desperate cries coming from humans, characters nearby. Characters we might recognize? I mean, it's hard to tell from the screams of human cries for help and the sounds of howling and snarling. Yeah, I'm going to run. Well, it seems we must be a team once again. Off we go. 
Oh, okay. Uh, oh, we're doing this again. <laughs> Alindra's gonna... I, I, I see, like, yeah, Yandra May and Vare just, like, to action first responders, and then I- Elendra is just like standing there with like your bundle of twigs being like oh we're running okay <laughs> you just kind of put it down on the ground <laughs> yeah. and get your you <laughs> gets know, behind bears get ready then start running after them so uh so the two Vaird and, and Andermay you'll arrive first as you uh run through the the path and around some craggy rocks you round a corner and you see a monstrous wolf that stands snarling and drooling in front of the two pathfinders, Bellin and Ludo, as well standing in front between the wolf and the pathfinders is the woman in black uh, with uh, a, a spear out pointed at the wolf uh, defending uh, the two pathfinders behind her. And Bellin and Ludo were the ones crying ah! <laughs> uh, through, through, the, uh, through the mountain range, along with the monstrous wolf which anyone who has beast lore can roll to learn a little bit more about what you're looking at there are a number of smaller wolf beasts that have formed a half circle behind them behind the monstrous wolf so there's that's that's what you come around and you see you see Bellin and Ludo cowering on the ground the woman in black with a spear out standing between them and the monstrous wolf standing on a rock snarling down at them and behind that wolf forming a half circle are a group of smaller wolf beasts. So it's three versus like six or something? or Yeah, and Elendra, you have beast lore. So if yes. you wish, you can roll to learn what those are. I would like to do so. So are Liam Neeson wolves. <laughs> you can make a cunning test. It's just a cunning test to recognize or recollect a monster's strengths and weaknesses. Perfect. So I rolled a 16, so if I have a subtraction of anything, I might make it. But if it's just straight. No, it's just it's against your cunning, which is 15. Okay, so, you so I fail. So you looked at the big wolf, and you went, that's a monstrous wolf. And then you looked at the smaller wolf beasts and roll cunning again. Those are baby wolves. <laughs> Lindra, known for her. What was your second roll? Second roll is a three. A three. <laughs> so nice. you, 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 don't, you recognize the big monstrous wolf... It growls with bared teeth and is standing poised to attack Ludo and Bellin. You see its teeth are sharp. Uh, (laughs) The others, the smaller ones, this you recognize. This you've seen pictures of. They're called jackars, and they're a canine pack animal, and they are prone to capture their prey they are as prone to capture their own prey as they are to eat from the cadavers left by other beasts. And they appear to be following the larger wolf, hopefully hoping to maybe get an extra meal from the meager offerings here at the top of the mountain. So they are, they are trailing the large monstrous wolf. They are weaker than the rest. They'll be easier to dispatch. There are three of them behind the monstrous wolf. Alendra will say, those are Jackar. They're, um, they like to scavenge, I think, after big, larger predators. And I think there's three of them over there. So if the larger predator leaves, they might too? Possibly. Uh, The woman in black sees you come around and says, uh, fend these off for me, will you? I know you can handle yourselves in a fight and I can get the two of them to safety. Uh, Shall we? Baird, we have to help them. 
Belen and Ludo are like, yeah, yeah, you have to help us. You have to help us, Verd. Yendame is already drawing his sword. Like he's, he's, let's do this. Have to help you. I will help the two Ambrians. <laughs> Lift up his crossbow. Oh, Ludo. I don't know if we're going to get out of this one. Don't worry, Belen. They're coming to help us. You saw how they handled Mal Rogan the other day. We're, we're saved. The crossbow sight's like going over Ludo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andermay's just like, don't, don't. Yeah, it's like you don't have to outrun the wolves, right? You just have to outrun your friends. <laughs> so you have an opportunity here. Um, I don't want to tell you what to do. Uh, you can... You can try and order them around, the other NPCs. Uh, you have three of them here who can back you up during this fight against the large wolf and the three jackars. Or whatever you face off against, they'll probably face off against the other one. The hope from the woman in black is that you're going to take care of the big wolf over the rock, uh, which will allow her to take Belen and Ludo further away from the immediate danger and then she can handle the smaller pack animals if they go and run after her I mean that that was Yandermay's plan as well like that seems like the reasonable thing to do the wolf's the biggest threat go after the wolf Elendra has no tactic she's already eyeing the large wolf cue the battle music wait no I'm actually editing that in after we're done <laughs> you don't want You're all talking over my music. You're all talking over my music. Who's got the quick? Uh, Alindra, I know you don't want to be doing anything, but you're always top of the round because you're so fast. Uh, then Verd. And then Yandome. And also my friend. And uh, Well, and also, uh, yes, of course, the patron saint. Your, uh, your JoJo stand. Yeah. That said, the large wolf is going to go before... The patron saint. Mm. Uh, hopefully yeah. the patron saint will do its job this time. Yeah. And the pack animals will go immediately after the large wolf. You're fast little bastards. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. The woman in black gives out the orders. Yandrame, you more or less agreed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the patron saint can move. I'll allow all of you. The, the monstrous wolf is um, standing up on the rock snarling. And it's not pouncing just yet. It's like waiting to get into position as the other jackars are moving around behind it. So it gives you a chance here as you come running in. This is all happening very suddenly. Where do you want to position yourself here right before we attack each other? Elendra's going to be triangulated sort of between Verd and behind behind and between Verd and Yandrome. Okay, you're just putting yourself right between... And a little safety sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, Yandrame, our tactician, where are you? Where are you moving, and where do you want to place the patron saint? Uh, okay. So if we want to be able to get those guys out of there. The patron saint is going to be more towards the lady in black, like to try and run interference. I think yeah. so that she can back up, and then Yandrame yeah, will so be. Yeah. So she can withdraw, and the patron saint will remain in place. Yeah, and then he'll be sort of just a little bit like echelon to the left of it. And what are you doing, Varric? Uh Is there a uh, point? To, is there a rock or something he can hop on to shoot down? Sure. Yeah, he'll yeah just kind of run up and. There's rocks. There's there's old like in this little like it's kind of like a, a crevice or a valley that they've walked through. And Bella and Ludo were looking for wood, and they found like old dried trees that have um, fallen apart. And so there's little craggy things that you can climb around on. 
and um, the patron saint moves into position as the woman in black takes a step back as the monstrous wolf leaps from the rock towards the woman in black, but will be instead going through the patron saint. So, patron saint is uh, rolling. Oh, fine. Yeah, it's quick for defense, right? Minus armor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's minus five. Okay. So, has so to roll you're, ten rolling, you're rolling ten or under. Wow, that wolf has some attack. Natural 20 when I don't want one. Oh, oh no. <laughs> that's okay. I'm, ro- okay. I'm rolling them out now. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So the patron saint uh, will take four points of damage. Uh, it does have D4 armor, though. Okay, so it's going to roll the radiant armor. And that is, that's a one. So three points of damage. Okay, so it's going to take three points of damage. as So just as the one in black takes a step back is the moment that the wolf pounces. The patron saint had already moved in the way. Invisible at first, the wolf catches in midair as it goes into the patron saint. The patron saint taking the brunt of the pounce as the wolf lunges into it. And it pins the patron saint down to the ground. And it slashes into it. And only then it takes three points of damage. Ouch. The jackars see the pounce, and then they jump as well. You're running towards all of this, Elendra and Andromay. They're backed off to find a high point. So the jackars, they're going to run after the woman in black and Belen and Ludo, leaving just the monstrous wolf for you three to, uh, to handle. And the woman in black... Is like one of the jackars runs at and she bats it with the uh, spear, sends it f- one of them flying as the other two then begin to circle around. And as she's keeping them at bay, Bell and Ludo are kind of invigorated by the backup showing up and they each pull out uh, weapons of their own. What do they have equipped? Let me see. Bellin uh, and Ludo um, axes. They just, have, oh yeah, so they're out lumber. So they just have like chopping wood axes with them and it looks like they've got like well uh, ludo at least has a hunting like a hunter's arrow and bow um but it's it's on his back right now and they both have their axes out and they're standing beside uh the woman in black keeping the uh, the the jackars at bay and distracted uh for the uh for the rest of you to uh, to handle the monstrous wolf elindra okay Ooh, elindra is going for the so the wolf is on top of the patron saint and it's like snarling and snapping its claws and its spittle is falling down. And even though the patron saint is invisible and kind of intangible, it's like hitting and I guess turning into uh, ectoplasm and then hits onto the ground behind it. And it's just on top and it's wrestling with it. Uh, Alindra is kind of going to kind of unsurely approach it from behind uh, and try and go f- for a, a, a stab in the flank while she's flanking. Yeah, you can flank it. Yeah. I rolled an 18. I don't think I hit it. <laughs> oh, no. no. An 18 Alindra, is too high. once again, is nervous. So it's, uh, it's wolf hide is uh, it's fast, but it's moving and it's snarling and it's really intimidating. And I think rather than you missing, you're just kind of like not sh- your executive function is getting the better of you. And you're just not like, ah, where do I hit it? You're asking for help all around you. And uh, you're not quite sure. At that point, Vaird, where, 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 where should Alendra hit it? It's your turn. What do you yell back? Just stay back and keep yourself safe. Your life is more important than theirs. <sighs> You're easier to return if it's not your remains. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to carry you. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Especially if they die in this way, that could lead to you be carrying, like, corrupted remains mm -hmm. and no one... Yeah, and it's just... Oh, God, it's such a pain. God, Ambrians are such a pain. <laughs> Dead Ambrians <sighs> don't tend to always stay that way. Yeah, so, uh, unfortunately... Like he he's he's aiming at the large wolf, but he's kind of watching uh, the female barbarian or the female Ambrian. Oh my God! Edit that out. The female Ambrian. Uh, and he's like, uh, he's saying, you know, take care of yourself as he shoots, uh, missing completely. Uh, the the bigger wolf as it just kind of. There's a lot. At this point, I think the patron saint and the wolf are rolling on the ground. And because the patron saint is invisible and shining light, it's really hard to get a luck. Like, this isn't all happening like in, like, they're not frozen in time. They're like, they're, they're, they're grappling each other. The patron saint is throwing punches and the, uh, the wolf is snarling and biting at each other. They're not dealing any damage. It's all still quite active. So your, your crossbow hits and it just, it almost hits and it just slides between them and it sticks into the ground. Yandrome. Uh, well, as far as he can tell, because no one made their beast lore, so he thinks it's just a really big wolf. It's just a really big wolf. So he's not going to waste divine power on a big wolf. So he's just going to draw his sword and try and hit it. Like, slash at it, I guess, from the side. So we'll see how that goes. Wow, I actually did. I rolled a three. Ooh. Yeah! It hit! Oh. Is this the first time? Well, you also know, this is also your patron saint, so you kind of have a better connection with it when it comes to working together in mm -hmm. combat. Like, you can see it, yeah. for one thing, where the others can't always. So you know where to you know where to go, and the two of you can work together. And the patron saint rolls onto its back, and it holds the wolf for you, holds yeah. it in place, and allows you to just stab right in. Roll, uh, roll damage. So for sword, I think it's d6 for short sword? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's better. That's a six. That's a six. Nice. Oh, that's much better. If it wasn't for their hide, you would have hit their pain threshold. Oh. <laughs> it's a really good stab. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good stab. It's the hunger wolf's turn. It howls loudly, like not in pain, but like like a howl, like a call for help oh, out no. into the into the rocks. Oh no! And it pushes itself off of the saint, steadies itself, looks at you, Yandrame, and. Because it's jumping away from the spirit, it's going to get the spirit. You're is going to be able to hit its flail like an attack of opportunity on it. Right. Uh, so very quickly, give me an accuracy roll from the patron saint. Neat. All right, accurate. And is that plus two for flanking? It is. Yeah. So you are rolling minus three. Okay. So you're just going for ten. For ten. Okay. Eleven. <laughs> uh, it just misses. It, it, the, the patron saint's it's exhausted. It was, it was rolling around. This was the most action it's ever had since we started. Yeah. And it, it throws its flail of light, and it just misses the wolf as the wolf leaps through the air and uh, attacks you with its, uh, with its teeth, its bite attack. It, uh, so it runs. It jumps at you. I need you to roll me a defense. Which for me, I think is just quick. Roll. So that's nine or under. Yeah, it's quick. Thirteen. Woof, not gonna happen. Nope. It, it's on your chest and it bites into your shoulder uh, for uh, four damage. Fun. Uh, I am wearing... Which your armor, your blessed robes might absorb some of that. So roll a d4. Okay. Three. 
three. Oh, those robes. This it's padded shoulders, yeah. right? It's really <laughs> uh, obnoxious, pointed, very World of Warcrafty, uh, <laughs> and so uh, so it's got a lot of extra. And it actually just it, what it does is it ends up ripping the padded shoulder off, and it deals only one point of damage to you as it scratches into your skin. Ow! But but the corner of your blessed robe uh, gets uh, gets some nice cosmetic changes. <laughs> Meanwhile, looking over, you see uh, the uh, the woman in black and Belen and Ludo fighting the Jackars, and they're each kind of taking one for themselves, and they're... Uh, actually, that's not true. The woman in black is taking on two, and Belen and Ludo are trying to corner one in behind a rock, and they just don't like, ah, 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 ah it's jumped at me, and they kind of jump out of the way, and then once again, the woman in black is now fighting three Jackars, and then catches one, spears it through the neck, and throws its dead body aside. Now there's only two Jackars left. Uh, Elindra. Uh, Alindra, seeing her brother be toppled by the wolf, will say, Yandra, man, go for another just... It's more like a dog that jumped on to give you a lick, except it was biting into the shoulder, and then it pushed itself off, and it's snarling on the ground. You know, back arched, teeth bared. And I rolled a nine, so I think that means I hid. Hey. It was a ten. Excellent. Oh, sweet. And then damage is a... What is it for this weapon? D8? Roll a D8 for damage. Five. Nice. Oh, sweet. You, you you stick it with the pointy end, <laughs> and it cries out again, and it, uh, it moves to withdraw back away, and it keeps looking around, and it keeps looking in the direction of Belen and Ludo and the woman in black and the Jakars as they're seeing the fight turning, and it's moving into the center of the clearing away from Iandrame and Alindra, which Vaird is opening you up for... It's wide open now, out in the open. It's not moving. It's not jumping around. It's backing away, back towards the woman in black and Belen and Ludo, and it's your turn. Uh, there's no uh, modifier, right? It's just minus five defense. Uh, yeah, another another crossbow bolt goes wide. You're up on this tree, and and part of the tree breaks under your weight, and you're swinging, and you're just kind of holding on. Just as you go to fire, and you just kind of drop a bit. And uh, and it goes and it just bounces off the walls. Yandrame, you and your sister are now standing side by side. The wolf is backing away towards the woman in black, who is finishing off the jacars. Belen and Ludo are like starting to—they're just cheering her on now. You got this! All right, I knew we could count on you. And uh, and the wolf is uh, is surrounded now. You two help us finish this thing. Uh, there. They're still between you and them is the woman in black and the jacar. They're like, we'll be right over there, boss. Don't worry about it. As soon as, as, soon as Lestra here's handled these ones, uh, we'll be right there to, to cheer you on, too. You've got axes. Use them. Oh, yeah. No, these are good wood axes, though. We need these for the wood that we're gathering for the camp. Besides, Lestra's handling this fine. You can't gather wood if you're dead. <laughs> Lestra's like, it's fine. They'd be more danger to themselves than to these jacars if they actually tried to use those things as weapons. Just finish them off now so we can be on our way. Yeah, and Rome just has a heavy sigh. <laughs> All right. Ah, and just takes another the, uh, the, the wolf is is uh, coughing blood. It's bleeding from multiple wounds. It's it's limping. It's having a hard time standing up. Oh, wolf. Liam Neeson, wolf. What if it we make an it our enemy, pet? It's an enemy of civilization and must die. Hmm. And it's growing too close to the camp. Yeah. 
it's swinging sword time. And its cries are going to be attracting others. Yeah, this is just no, no good. We're going to have to finish this. I'm probably going to miss, but we'll swing anyway. Yeah, that's a 17. So he just like swings like wildly and completely is not good at using his sword, so it just goes way wide. <laughs> that's okay. You know who is good at using their swords? The patron saint. That's true. Comes up behind, puts its arm on your shoulder, and you almost feel like a like an ethereal, I oh. got this. Oh. And then moves in, and it gets to roll its attack. Okay. That's a much that's better. That's kind of cute. Yeah, that's a two. It definitely that's, hits. It just moves up. It doesn't even use the flail of light so much as it just... Um, it's just like a ball of light. The flail rises up into the sky like the rising sun of Prios, and it just lowers itself down onto onto the wolf. And uh, and the wolf hits the ground. The one remaining Jakar is then taken out by who we now know is named Lestra, and um, and, and is down on the ground. And Bell and Ludo are like, "Yeah, we did it!" And at that moment, that the monstrous wolf dies on the ground its body begins to shift and change and before your eyes it transforms back into its original shape and a severely battered elf lies Uh. on the ground (gasps) dressed in a simple wool coat carrying no weapons did we what What? what manner of creature is Uh. this yeah, he'll run up to this elf and check to see if it's... Left. So by the time you jump down from your perch, yeah. Lestra is already at the elf and is looking over. And just as you get up, Lestra turns the elf's body onto her back and her arm flops out onto the ground. And you see on its arm a bracer or like a bracelet wrapped around its upper arm, a nicely decorated bracelet. I heard. Uh, now, no one here has lore master. That's okay, Lester does. Uh-huh. Lester. You know what this is, she says. An ancient elven oath ring. This one was a member of the Iron Pact. Why was it here then? Why indeed? Everyone give me a vigilant roll. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Just rolling against your own vigilant. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like last game I was doing so well, and now I'm just like... Uh, Vigilant plus three, actually. Oh, okay, then yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. Still no. Still no. (laughs) Yes, with with the plus three. So you say that, and she goes, Why indeed? What was that hunger wolf out to get? And I guess only Varid notices that as she says that, her eyes look over to Belen and Ludo as she says that. Yeah, he's like, he's loaded up his crossbow, and he's like aiming it at them. What did you do? Uh, Yandermay immediately puts his hand on the crossbow, like lowers it down. And... Oh, no. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ludo and Bellin like cower. Like, we, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. We were out chopping wood. We were out chopping wood. You're lying. The Iron Pact doesn't do anything for no reason, especially this far south. Who are these Iron Pact? Would you like to explain who the Iron Pact are, Vaird? Yeah, Vaird. Rather than the GM yeah. do more exposition? <laughs> Vaird, uh... Because you know. Yeah, Vaird, uh, puts his crossbow away and sighs. The Iron Pact, uh, is an agreement between the humans and the elves. An organization of elves that protect the Davokar Forest, or at least protect humanity from it. So... So what would bring them all the way up into the Titans, says Lestra. 
this seems very far from their supposed remit. Yes. Someone or something here must have disturbed something within Davokar. Or someone here. Well, you know who needs to hear about this, says Belen. We need to head back to camp and tell Argosto. He needs to know that there's elves about. Well, we need to bury this body then. It's... They have a family that's going to miss them. Um... No, it's... leave it be. Both Belen and Ludo agree with Verdu. Uh, the witch is right. Elves don't have families. They don't care for much. And besides, if there's others around, they'll recover the body themselves. They start looking around kind of paranoid. Like anything could be an elf right now. They're being watched. They're like, they're saying, we really are quite in an exposed place. We should head back to the camp now. Look, look, I found some of the firewood we chopped. Now we've got all we need. Time to go. Yes, let's go. We, this is not a safe place for you two. If you're worried, Veard, then I'm worried. You should be. Elves are dangerous. Elves in the Iron Pact even more so. I've only heard stories, but I can imagine some of them must be true. If they're here, then someone here has spelled doom for this caravan. And we'll have to deal with it. Maybe we could talk to them. There. Well, we... We should definitely let Argasto know, says Lestra. Yes. He, the caravan owner, deserves to know if their caravan is in danger. And besides, we're almost through the Titans. Once we're on the other side, we'll have the protection of Ambria for us. No, you won't. Well, we'll at least have the protection of the Twilight Friars. Our monastery isn't far from here. Oh. <laughs> There's a note of understanding now of who she is and what she represents from Yandro. <laughs> Uh, Elendra is looking around confused and is looking at the elf very sadly. Well, shall we? And well met. Yep. Okay. Elendra will trudge off, pick up a few sticks as they walk. The arm bracelet of rusted iron is worth money. Oh. (laughs) Elendra, as you're looking down on it. It's been a while since you've seen proper iron. Alendra might like cross the elves' <laughs> arms so they're laying a little nicely, but she nah, she ain't taking anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just uh, the rest of the group was gauze. So it was like yeah, you got yeah. this one moment of thought. <laughs> Losing the dead is wrong. And uh Mitch, uh, just as an aside, because you have witch sight, yeah. every character that's written here all have shadows if you're ever curious to have a look at them including the elf that you just fought including the jakars that you were fighting against including lestra Bellin, and ludo they all have shadows of their own that are that are described here yeah i'm trying to think because it does it, it will give me temporary corruption and because you have this addiction to your vape you always have an excuse to use that as a way to very craftily <laughs> deceptfully activate an ability because it would just look like you're just like smoking on a pipe when you're actually just muttering the incantations you need to activate your witch site all right i'm gonna use it on them this is this is worthwhile yeah. uh we'll activate witch site on especially the two uh ludo uh and his companion and this elf uh as they're walking back to camp and you pull out your pipe you put in your 11 herbs and spices and you light it and you take a smoke out of it and you turn on your witch sight and your eyes take a bit of a shimmer that the rest don't notice. Like the light just hits it kind of funny. And you see everyone's shadows as they're walking back towards uh, the camp. And uh, you see 
uh, the golden rays of sunlight from Yandermé and the parchment of flickering words from Elindra, but then you also make out the moldy green with spots of growing darkness from Ludo and Belen. There's almost no green left at all. No, so they... How much uh, corruption is in there? Nine. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And they're joking and laughing, going, we'll get back to camp, we'll get this fire going, it's going to be a good time. He's like putting (laughs) a crossbow bolt into his thing uh, and like just kind of placing a hand on the two Ambrians. Uh, backs. So you get back to camp and there's a bit of a commotion as people have formed the caravan into a corral and uh, Argasto is standing out there calling out going, we heard some noises. Is everyone all right? And Lestra says, uh, these two getting into trouble again. I'll let them explain. She heads over to her tent as the three of you now move in. And Bellin and Ludo just start blabbing about like, oh, Gusto, there was some giant wolf came out over the rock. It was snarling itself. And Lester stood in the way. And then Yandrome and Verd and Lindra showed up and they fought it back and they got rid of it. And then when it died, it changed. It changed into an elf, Argasto. It changed into an elf. There's elves in these hills and they're hunting down someone. And Argasto was like, go, da, 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 settle, settle, settle down. Elves are bad news in these hills. We have to hurry to Yandaros. We'll be safe in the city of the queen. Everyone, it's fine. We're all together. We're safer as a group. We stick together. We move at first dawn. Oh, hold on. And he'll point his crossbow at uh, Ludo. Ah! Not again. They're corrupted. What? I see in their aura deep lines of dark veins. And now the Iron Pact is after them. They have a larger story to tell here. Lestra stands in between. We don't know why the Iron Pact is here. We don't know why people are. If what you say is true about their corruption, my people can help with that. We learn and we study and we give them the care that they need. At the cost... Put down the crossbow. We're all friends here. We are not friends. Well, we're at least allies for now, while we're in these hills. You might even very well be an enemy if you have brought the Iron Pact upon us without providing the full story. They're here for a reason. They just don't attack. So you have provided a credible threat. Uh, give me a persuasive role. <laughs> That's not your thing, oh! but it is Yandromaze. Yeah. I rolled a two. Yeah! Hey! Oh, because you got persuasive five. Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. Wow. <laughs> Once you're doing that, you make eye contact with Ludo, and Ludo starts to tear up. And it goes, Lestra, it's true. It's true. We're, we're, just, we're just trying to stay alive. We, we didn't... And he started starting to, like, cry as he tells the story that he and Belen... And Belen is like, no, 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 don't tell them. Don't tell them. You'll get us all in trouble. And he's like, Belen, it's gone too far. You don't see how bad things are going. And and at that, he, he, he admits to his corruption and he pulls back his sleeve. And once you see his skin on his arm, you see all the stigmas. Mm. The, the wounds that are forming in the creases of his skin. And they're not healing. 
and they look infected and red and sore and a little black around the edges. What? And we we're just trying to stay safe. We're just trying to stay alive. We didn't we didn't mean to. We were we were part of a, a group of hired pathfinders, treasure hunters. We were headed by hired by a man named Gorak and a changeling named Alara. And they talk about Ludo as you know, the rest of the camp kind of comes around and listens to this confession. Ludo describes how they uh, they had planned a travel deep into Davokar, but they never reached their target, a well-preserved ruins from Simbaroom. Instead, they found a smaller tomb, the final resting place of some long-dead barbarian lord. Others in the team got away with gold, jewelry, and mystical objects, but all Gorak wanted was the verdigree-covered copper crown worn by the dead lord, a crown that had merged with his cranium. And then Bellin speaks up, when we returned to Thistlehold, the expedition members lived like kings. And then Ludo says, then they started to die or change. Gorak and Alahara disappeared after having talked to Lassifer Nightpitch, the mayor of the hold. And then Bellin here started to feel as if we were being watched. So we fled south, looking for other work. I even remember the night everyone got hold of that crown. Despite it being dead, it was warm to the touch as we passed it around. I almost felt as if its dead eyes were looking back at me from the glow of the campfire. Oh dear. At this point now, night has all but fallen onto the camp. And while you were talking among Ludo and Bellin, didn't even notice that it had started to snow and the wind was starting to pick up and the fire was having a hard time keeping going. And then like a turning of the tide, the weather has kicked up and Bellin is starting to cover his face as he's describing holding that skull in his hand. You can't really see him as much as this huge billowing of blizzard snow has poured over the camp. And Argosto starts giving orders to everyone to like batten down their tents and get that stuff covered and, you know, as, as the storm is starting to billow heavier and heavier. You have your witch sight. So give me a resolute roll, Baird. All right, success. Ludo finishes his story. The storm kicks in and everyone starts running for shelter and Argosto's like, Lester, you keep these men in their tent. You don't let them out until morning. We'll deal with this as soon as the storm has passed. And then you look up and you realize this storm has been conjured through a turn weather ritual. You can hear, the others can't, but with your witch sight, you can hear the incantations on the wind of a voice singing the winds into existence. There's a foul voice upon the winds. The travelers in the caravan cover any openings. They put blankets over the huddled pack and prepare for the long night in the cold. What do you mean, a foul voice? Is this not natural? No, someone's conjuring this. No doubt the iron packed in search of rectifying a wrong that has been done in the Davokar forest. And if we do not rectify it, they will. At potentially the cost of your two lives. 
cannot condemn men to die for simply participating in something so foolish. Of course, you're in the middle of a story. You're like, I cannot condemn men to die. Like you're having to yell over this storm as it's coming down. Like it's this is like that big heavy storm at the beginning of uh, the thing, right? Can we leave the area of the ritual? No. I mean, you look around you. The storm, the snow. You, the wheels won't even get out of the ground. The, the, the snow is catching up in drifts. Should we take to our tents then? I don't think that would be the correct course of action. Correct course of action is to figure out why they have set upon us and deal with it ourselves before they deal with it. You, you seem somewhat familiar with them. Can they be reasoned with? No. They are here for a reason, and we either kill them or we figure out that reason and send them on their way. Surely they're thinking creatures. They are. They just are bound by oaths that are older than either of us. The Terrible Warriors return every Tuesday with new story episodes playing Simbaroom. To learn more about Simbaroom, visit freeleaguepublishing.com. And if you like this show and you want to hear more, we exist only thanks to our continued supporters from our Patreon page at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. By becoming a supporter this season, you will receive a special role in our Discord server to mark you as one of our own. And by supporting just one coffee's worth each month, you will also receive each new story episode from our Simbaroom campaign one week before everyone else. And for half the cost of a meat lover's pizza from Domino's, you can join our private tip club, where I host virtual tabletop games for our tip club members every month. Your terrible warriors today have been Mitch Wallace, Sean Horbachuk, Ainsley Moores, and me, Justin Ecock. Editing and production is also by me. Music is licensed through Epidemic Sound. And next week on The Terrible Warriors, the elves make contact and make their demands known. But the price that the Iron Pact asks may be too high a cost to pay. <laughs>